chapter 7. We will look briefly over verses 13 to 25. We won't read them all, probably just a few that I want to pick out. But Romans chapter 7, verses 13 to 25. Right after the book of Acts. Romans chapter 7, verses 13 to 25. The title of my message this morning is Breaking the Bondage of Bad Habits and Besetting Sins. Anybody ever have one of them? Yeah, amen. Yeah, all of us have and probably still do and have in the past or whatever. Uh, we have bad habits or besetting sins, things that just seem to uh, make us fall, things that are easy for us uh, to, to latch on to and to grab a hold of, uh, things that are a hindrance uh, in our lives. Bad habits and besetting sins. One person said this, the chains of habit are generally too small to be felt until they seem too strong to be broken. Too small to be felt until they seem too strong to be broken. You know, oftentimes we don't really know that we may even have a habit. We don't really know or we're besetting sin. Sometimes we may not realize what's actually taking place and what's going on until the day comes that we try to stop. Or until maybe uh, maybe somebody, I remember, uh, I used to, there's something that, I, and I still do it, and I try to break, and it's a, it's a bad habit of mine, not a besetting sin, I don't think, but it's a bad habit of mine. I always play with my wedding ring. I just always do this. Sometimes when I'm preaching, I find, I find myself just doing this. I've, I've had it off of my finger and had it like this before. And Amy just knows one of these days I'm going to sling it across the whole congregation, you know. But that's just, I don't know why it is. It's just something that I do. And then next thing you know, later on, I'll develop something else I do. And that was something Amy said that, uh, that whenever I was preaching, I kept looking over here like there was somebody sitting there. Nobody was even there. And I'd be preaching. She'd say, who are you looking at over there? And I'm like, I don't know. Am I looking over there? You know, just certain things that we just kind of do, bad habits that we just kind of pick up, you know. Uh, but that was just kind of, a, you know, just a couple of mine that I've noticed that, that I have. But, you know, not all habits are bad. You know, they, we do have some good habits. But you know what's funny? What's funny is, is that it seems like we can let go of the good habits, but the bad habits are the ones that are hard to let go of. You know, or we can let go of the good habits real good. You know, we can just let them go. That ain't nothing. But it's the bad habits and our besetting sins that really seem to grab a hold of us. Uh, so my message this morning is on, is on breaking the bondage of bad habits and besetting sins in our life. You know, habits and besetting sins uh, can in essence really define and shape our lives. They can. Bad habits and, and besetting sins can, can shape our lives. They can define who we are as a people. Habits, you know, are like the same thing really. It can be just like addictions. They really just seem to take control of our lives sometimes. And they uh, determine who we are, determine what we will do, determine uh, what we can and what we can't do. Uh, sometimes we're, we're trying to uh, overcome a habit and our habit says you can only go this far. We want to be here, but because of this part right here, because we have this, this habit, it tends to be our, our barrier and we just can't, we can't go but that far, but yet we want to be right here. And so sometimes that's how uh, our bad habits and our besetting sins uh, can be in our life. They actually hinder us and become as roadblocks and borders uh, in our life and in our spiritual lives as well. So breaking the bondage of bad habits and besetting sins, man, that is something that we must make sure that we do in our lives today. And so if you're struggling with a bad habit or some besetting sins, understand this morning that it is a, a vital important thing that we must overcome these bad habits and besetting sins. Why is it so important that we do that? Why is it so important that we worry about these things? Well, 
I'm just going to give you a couple, just a, a couple things right here. One, it's important so we can fulfill God's purpose for us in our lives. So we can fulfill God's purpose for us in our lives. You know, sometimes we'll have this bad habit or have this besetting sin, and you know what it does? It keeps us from reaching our potential. Just like I said, sometimes you know we want to get here, but but that thing, man, that one thing, it's just right there, and it's and it's that one thing that's keeping us from getting to where we want to be. And so our bad habits and and besetting sins uh, can be hindrances in our lives, and they can keep us from fulfilling. God's main goal and purpose that we have in our life. So that's one reason why we need to make sure that if we have these things today in our life, that we overcome them. Two, we want to, because we love our family. You know, sometimes our bad habits and our besetting sins can be a family hindrance. Not only can it be a hindrance for us, but sometimes our bad habits and besetting sins can be a hindrance to those that are around us as well. A hindrance to those in our family. All kinds of things. Whether it could be drugs, it could be alcohol, it could be you know whatever it is. You know, uh, Any kind of besetting sin or any kind of bad habit that we have, sometimes it don't just affect us, it affects everybody else that's around us. It affects, you know, like I said, our kids, our family, our, our friends, you know, church, whatever. It can affect all these things. And so we want to, one, we want to take care of these things and have victory of these things so we can fulfill God's purpose in our lives and two, uh, because we, you know, we love our family and our friends and these kinds of things and then three, because we want our life back. You know that sometimes your, your bad habits and our, and our besetting sins, they seem to take control of our life and they seem to monitor our life and keep us from doing... Well, you know, as I said, we, want, we, we see the potential, we want, to go, we want to go so far, but these bad habits and besetting sins take such a control on our life that it keeps us from achieving these goals and keeps us from getting so far in our life and it just seems to, to hold us back and we want our life back. We want our life back. Uh, one of the things that uh, I had to overcome, probably the greatest thing I had to overcome in my life was I used to smoke. About seven, eight years ago, I mean, I, I was a smoker, and I, I smoked two and a half packs a day. And that was the hardest thing for me to try to get over. I mean, it was the most difficult thing for me to do. You know, you know, smoking was one of the things that really it monitored my life. Everywhere I went, I was doing this right here. Oh, gosh, i got to make sure I got my cigarettes with me. You know, everything that I did, I had to make sure that I had it. Didn't matter where we was going, you know, it was... Uh, uh, if we went and sat somewhere, man, I couldn't sit somewhere for so long before I went to a Nick fit. I mean, I just had to have that, that cigarette. It was just one of those things that was dominating my life. Now, I can imagine what my life, you know, could have been. Man, if I didn't, man, if I didn't smoke, I, man, I tell you what, I'd save this much money. I'd sit around and calculate it all up. Man, wow, look what I could buy at the end of the month if I'd stop buying this and stop buying, you know, buying all these cigarettes. Man, imagine what I could actually do. Hey, imagine how, how better I'd feel. Imagine how, uh, maybe, more, maybe more fit I would be. All these things. But you see, that bad habit that I had, now that bad habit, that besetting sin that I had was keeping me from reaching my potential. It was keeping me from doing what, uh, what I wanted to do in my life. And that's what bad habits and besetting sins do. They monitor our life. They put roadblocks in our life. They prevent our life. They prevent us from living our life. And so it is vital and important that we know how and that we understand what our bad habits are, what our besetting sins are, and how we can overcome these things. And so that's what I want to talk to you and show you this morning from the Word of God. Now, as we studied our message last week, our message last week is really the first part of this message. This is really the second part of the message that I had last week. Now, the formula for last week uh, was this, on walking in the Spirit, how we can, where, uh, where Paul said that, when we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Galatians chapter 1. 
If you walk in the flesh, I mean Galatians chapter 5, if we, verse 1, if we walk in the flesh, we, I mean if we walk in the spirit, we will not uh, fulfill the lusts and desires of the flesh. And so that's what that was about. And so the, the, the lusts and the desires of the flesh are the besetting sins and they are the bad habits that we have in our life. And so uh, Paul said if you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so that is point, that's point number one, something that we have to do. So the formula, the formula for overcoming it, and I'm going to get more depth, but the formula, in essence, for overcoming the bad habits and besetting sins in our life is, is simply just this. First, you have to be indwelt by the Spirit of God. Man, be indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Be saved. Man, you got the Holy Spirit of God living and dwelling in you. And with the Holy Spirit of God living and dwelling within you, the Bible says there is nothing shall be impossible unto you. And so we have to understand that, look, no matter what it is that we're facing, no matter what bad habit it is, no matter what besetting sin it is that we have in our life, if we have the Holy Spirit of God living and dwelling within ourselves, then we have the power through the Holy Spirit of God to overcome anything that is there in our lives. You believe that? I tell you what, I believe that. I don't know if y'all believe that, but I, if you believe that, say amen. Amen. Yes, because that's, that's, that's what the Bible teaches. Nothing shall be impossible unto you. And so understand that because oftentimes these, as these bad habits and besetting sins, man, this is what happens. Uh, you, you, you say you want to stop. You know, whenever I was smoking, I say, okay, this is it. I ain't smoking no more. I, I've had a whole pack of cigarettes. Throw them out the window. Next thing you know, I find myself rushing back to the store. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I did. Put that thing in gear, buddy. Let's see how fast we can get there. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. I know what that's all about. I, I, know what, I know what that is. Yeah, and so we do everything that we can to get there. And so these bad habits and besetting sins in our life can take complete uh, control uh, over our lives. And so we need to be filled with the Spirit of God. Uh, be saved. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Uh, we need to be filled. We need to walk in the Spirit. Uh, and so if we'll first be saved, if we'll be indwelt by the Spirit, and then we'll be filled by the Spirit, and then we'll walk in the Spirit, those will be the three things that will keep you from, uh, that'll keep you from committing the, the, the bad habits and the besetting sins in your life. That's a simple formula right there. Be indwelt by the Spirit, be filled by the Spirit, and then walk in the Spirit. Those three things. Those three things right there. Now, let's break this on down a little bit more as we look in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 7. So before we read our verses this morning, Romans chapter 7, what we see here is in essence, uh, what we see here is in essence and really an autobiography of the Apostle Paul's spiritual life. But not just his, but ours as well. When we look at Romans chapter 7, Paul's going to say some things that we can relate to. Of course, we can relate to all of it. But Paul's going to say some things. He's going to give this spiritual battle that he fights within himself. You say, you mean the Apostle Paul? The Apostle Paul himself, man, he fought uh, these spiritual battles in his life and there were things that he had to fight and deal with in his life. Of course there was. Just like we ourselves. You know, the Bible says that uh, that Elisha was a light man, was a light man of passions such as we were. He was a, he, and he was a great man of God, but I tell you what, he was just a man. He was just a man. He was a man just like us. He had the same desires, the same passions that we have. And Paul is in essence the same way. And that's what we see here in Romans chapter 7 verses 13. Uh, to 25, we see Paul giving us uh, some insight, a picture inside the spiritual battle of his own life. Even though he was an apostle, even though he was a great man of God, he was still a man. He was still a man. And he tells us that in Romans chapter 7. Let's look at verse 13 and 14. We'll get to our first truth. Romans 13 and 14, the Bible says, Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. 
But sin, that it might appear sin, worketh death in me by that which is good. That sin, by the commandment, might become exceeding sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. That word carnal means fleshly. The law, the, the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. And so one of the first truths that we're going to see this morning is that we must acknowledge that we're sinners. We must acknowledge that we're sinners. One of the first goals, one of the, one of the first truths in overcoming bad habits and besetting sins in your life is to acknowledge who you are and what you are. You have to see that. You have to see that before you can get saved. Before you can get saved, you have to see yourself as a sinner. Before you get saved, you have to see yourself in the sinful condition that you're in. You have to see yourself that you lost and on your way to a devil's hell. That's how you have to see yourself because it's only when you see yourself for who you are and where you're at that you'll reach out for some help. Amen? Because see, whenever I, whenever I got saved, I had to see where I was at. I had to see what I was. And then, when I saw the lost condition I was in, that's when I reached out to the Lord Jesus Christ and asked Him to save me. And that's going to be the same way it's going to be for your bad habit and your besetting sin. You're going to have to see where you're at. You're going to have to see who you are. And once you discover that, that's when you'll reach out for help. That's when you'll reach out for help. And so the first thing we have to do is we have to understand that we're sinners. Notice there in verse 13. Paul brings out the fact there in verse 13. He brings out the fact that, that God's law is good and that God's law is, is perfect. He says that it, 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 his law represents righteousness, all these things. It's good. And then he points out the fact that it's not, uh, that it's the, that it's not God's law that, that brings us to death. It's not that which is good. It's not his law that brings us to death because his law is good. But it's the fact that we're sinners that brings death to us. And that's what he says. He says, when I, when I look at the law and I look at myself, he says, man, I see the law of God is good. Man, it is perfect. It is righteous. It is all these things. And so it's not his law that is killing me. It's not his perfect law that is bringing me to death. But it's the fact, the reason why I do what I do and the reason why I am what I am is because of the simple fact that I am a sinner. And that is what brings death to me. And that is what destroys my life. And that is what hinders my life. It's just a simple fact that I am just a sinner. Amen? And that's what all of us are this morning. We are just sinners and lost on our way to a devil's hell. But I tell you what, if we'll reach out to heaven and we'll see where we're at and we'll say, Lord Jesus, save me, then he'll reach down from heaven and he'll save you today. You believe that? I tell you what, I believe that. I believe the Lord Jesus Christ is so interested in my life. I believe he is so interested in your life that no matter where you're at, no matter what you got involved in, no matter what sin you're in, no matter what bad habits you got, that he'll reach down from heaven and he'll save you and he'll help you if you'll ask him. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart this morning. And so that's something that, uh, also that we all need to see and understand. But Paul says, look, it's not God's law that's bad. It's not, it's not God's perfect righteous law that's bad. It's us that are bad. And so that's what he's trying to teach us there in verses 13 and 14. Notice he says in verse 14, he says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. In other words, like I said, that word carnal there means fleshly. Paul admits what kind of man he is sometimes when he says this. Notice he says uh, that he was sold under sin. He was sold under sin. His flesh is sold under sin. He says, I'm carnal, I'm fleshly, and I know it. He says, I'm carnal, I'm fleshly, and I know that I am. And all of us here this morning are. We are carnal sometimes, we are fleshly sometimes, we are worldly sometimes. And Paul admitted to himself that he was. You ever heard somebody say, uh, the first step, the first step to recovery is admitting you have a problem? 
Well, that's what Paul's doing here. That's what Paul's doing here. The first step to the first step to recovery is admitting you got a problem. And that's what Paul's doing. He's admitting, look, I got a problem. My problem is, is I'm a sinner and I'm worldly and I'm fleshly and all that. So he is admitting who he is and where he is at. And it is only then, when you admit that, that you'll reach out uh, for some help. And Paul demonstrated that right here in Romans chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. He said that he was sold, sold under sin. Paul admits that he's a sinner and that he knows that he needs to take responsibility for his actions. He can't play the, the he can't blame his sinfulness on what he, uh, what he has, on what he has done against God or anybody else. Uh, Paul describes himself as being sold under sin. His spirit has been bought by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, but yet he still lives in a body that is worldly and fleshly and sold under sin. You know, you live in a body this morning that, that, wants, that wants and desires and craves what, what it wants and it craves the world. But yet you, have this, yet you have this spirit inside of you that has now been made alive. It was once dead and it didn't realize these things. But now you have the spirit inside of you that the Lord Jesus came and he, and he saved you and now he has made it to come alive and it is revived in there and the Holy Spirit of God is living in there and now that he is in there, he, he, the spirit wars against the flesh. Man, the, the flesh is sold under sin. Man, the flesh wants to do this. The flesh wants to do that. But then the spirit of God is in there and he says, look son, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to live. And so they're constantly fighting. Anybody ever experienced that battle before in their lives? Man, constantly fighting each other. Yes, we all have. Constantly fighting each other. And Paul recognized that. And Paul saw that in his life. And he recognized that his body was just, that his, his body, his flesh, was just simply sold under sin. But yet his spirit was saved. And so the first thing we have to do is we have to uh, we must acknowledge that we're sinners. The second truth is we must acknowledge our sin. Not only do we have to acknowledge who we are and where we're at, but we must acknowledge the sin that we have. Uh, you know, we can't beat around the bush and just say, uh, you, know, you know, see what we try to do is we try to be politically correct about things today. We're, we're, so, we're, so, we're starving in political, well, I mean, we're, we're just drenched in political correctness today. And I'll tell you what, you, it seems like you've got to be careful. If you don't say something just right, I mean, you got to, you got to, you can't just call sin for what it is. You can't just call a, you can't call a man a drunk. You have to, you have to call him a, either an alcoholic or you have to call him a, or something else or you can't call a drug addict a certain thing. You have to call him substance abusers or something else. I'll tell you what, we live in a society today that is so bent on just sugarcoating everything the way oh you just got to if you don't say it just right and you don't just use the right kind of words then you're going to hurt somebody's feelings you're going to offend somebody well you know what when I read the word of God sometimes it is an offense unto me sometimes it offends me why because I'm a sinner that's why and sometimes it tells me things that I don't want to hear but just because I don't want to hear it don't mean it ain't the truth that's just the way it is and we got to we got to get past this whole fact that we're that we're that we're you know just uh, so far advanced that we know and and we just don't have no uh, we try to uh, bypass the feelings you know and all we just try to sugarcoat it. Sometimes the best thing to do shoot it straight to the heart. Shoot it straight to the heart. Tell it just like it is. See it the way it is. Because it is only then, man, you, tell you, you try to sugarcoat everything and try to cover everything up, then you're going to have a long ways to go before you can get to that point to where you can finally overcome that bad habit or that besetting sin. Man, see it the way it is. Call it what God calls it. It's as simple as that. Just call it what God calls it and then rely on His strength and His power to get through it. We must acknowledge that we are sinners, who we are, what we are, where we're going. Acknowledge that we're sinners and then we got to acknowledge our sin. They call it the sin what it is. Call it what, just call it what God calls it. Don't, don't worry so much about being so politically 
correct and using the correct terminology and, and the, the correct word usage on every single thing. You know, and, and what I've discovered is that those who, um, those who are not politically correct on everything, you know what they're called? They're called uneducated. They're called intolerant. They're called hateful. That's what they're called. People that are not politically correct, that's what they're called. But you know what? I'm not, people can call me uneducated. I <laughs> that's fine with me. I, I don't have the greatest education in the world. You know what? But, I'm not, but, uh, but I also understand uh, that I know what these things are. I'm not going to sugarcoat these things. But yeah, we live in a society that just doesn't want to call sin what it is. Just call you bad habit and just call you sin what it is. Third truth is, we must acknowledge our service to our sin. Not only do we acknowledge that we're sinners, and not only do we acknowledge our sin, but we must acknowledge our service to our sin. When you look at your besetting sin or your bad habit in your life, think about this. How much time do I spend in my life doing this thing? How much time do I spend in my life doing it? And then you figure up, after you've done that, after you've done that, then you figure up how much time you've lost by doing that. <laughs> then figure out how much time you've lost. And then after you get done doing that, you say, okay, now that I've figured up how much time I've lost of my life because, this, because of this bad habit or this besetting sin in my life, then you start to think about, man, what could I have done with all that time? What could I have done with all that time? What could I have done for the honor and glory of God and all that? What could I have, what could I have done for somebody else with that time that this uh, bad habit or besetting sin has had in my life? I'm telling you, when we start calculating these things up and figuring up how much control these bad habits and besetting sins in our life, it's often an amazing thing. Because as I said before, we, sometimes we really don't realize that this thing has so much control in our life until we actually sit down and we look at it and start figuring these things up and all this kind of stuff. You know, it's usually not really known until later on how much of a grip these things have on our lives. And so we must acknowledge that we're sinners. We must acknowledge our sin. And then we must acknowledge our service to our sin. Man, look at your life. Look around you. Uh, your home. Those that you work with. Uh, see how your, your bad habit or your besetting sin or addiction is afflicting not only your life, but the life of others that are around you. See how it's not just affecting you. But see and pay attention and notice how it is touching the lives of all around you. You know, I've got some, you know, I, if I have some, you know, got some bad habits or besetting sins in my life, and, and, and if you do as well, you don't want those things to go. You don't want, I mean, I understand we're all not perfect. I understand that. But I'm not talking about being perfect. I'm just talking about doing the best you can, living like you can, a God life, and this whole sinful flesh that we got is sold under sin. That's what I'm talking about here. But we all have these things in our life. And what we don't want to do is we don't want our kids or, or those we love or work with or whoever to say you know what uh, and, they, and they pick up on these things you know you'll be surprised at how, how things how people pick up on things about your life you believe that yeah if the people can pick up things about your life and what you do and what you say and how you act and the kind of person you are just by watching you observing you and all these kinds of things they'll pick up a whole lot about you that you probably never really meant to really let anybody know and they already know it because they just by observing you and so we don't want our kids and those that we love and care about and our friends to, to see these kinds of things that we have in our life and then they in turn because of our bad habits and because our besetting sins that we're not dealing with becomes their bad habit and becomes their besetting sin. And then that becomes something that they have to deal with. And man, we don't want that. We don't want that. I know none of us are perfect. But man, that does just because we know that we're not perfect, that don't mean that we don't strive to be what we can. We can't just use, well, everybody's sins is just an excuse to do what we want to do. 
You see what I'm saying? I mean, we can't, we can't be that way. We can't live that way. We have to understand that, look, at some point, at some time, somebody's going to have to do something about this. And if we keep passing it on down the line, maybe granddaddy done it. Pass it down to daddy. Now daddy's doing it. Now the son's doing it. And it just passes on down the line because it's something that everybody's observed in their life. And because something they've had in their life. At some point, somebody has to break it. And that person just may need to be you if it's a problem in your life. And it's something that especially that is, I went down through the generations of people in your family. Something to think about. Acknowledge that we're sinners. Man, acknowledge this sin. Acknowledge the service that you have to your sin by looking at your life and looking at the lives and family of those around you. Look at verse 15. Notice what Paul says. Paul says here in verse 15, he says, For that, now pay attention to this because this is good. He says, For that which I do, I allow not. For that what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that I do. Did anybody understand that? Did you get anything out of that? Okay, let me read it again. Let me read it again. For that which I do allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that I do. And so what Paul is in essence saying there is he's saying that the things that, uh, the things that I want to do in my life, I don't ever, the things I want to do in my life, I, I, don't, uh, I don't allow in my life, I don't let myself do, but the, things that, uh, but the things that I don't want to do in my life are the things that are what I end up doing. And that's what Paul is in essence saying there. He sees and understands this battle that he's fighting. And he says, look man, there's times in my life, man, this is what I want to do. I know it's right. I know it's the best thing to do. And I know this is what I need to do. But then my flesh comes in and it says, oh no, don't do that. Don't take part in that. And he says, next thing you know, I don't do what I know I should have done. He says, but then there's times I know uh, that I shouldn't do something and I do it anyways. I do it anyways. That that I want to do, I don't do, and that what I know that I shouldn't do is what I do. Anybody ever fault that? <laughs> yeah, we all have. And Paul did too. And that's what he's saying there in verse 15. And he says, look, we got to understand our service to this thing and understand uh, this battle that we face uh, in our lives. Now, jump down to verse 19. Notice what else he says. He says, for the good that I would, or the good that I want to do, I do not. But the evil which I would not, or the, good, the evil that I, that I wished I didn't do or didn't want to do, that I do. That I do. He says, man, I want to do good. I want to do good, but I don't do it. And then the evil in my, that's in my life that I know that I shouldn't do, that is the very thing that I end up doing. And Paul understood that. The new man who came to life on the Damascus Road, Paul himself, this is, as I said, a, a spiritual autobiography of himself. And when Paul got saved, he got saved on the, on the Damascus Road. And when he got saved... He sought to do the will of the Lord. And that's how he wanted to live his life. He said, I die daily. And all throughout the Bible, Paul talks about how, well, throughout the, uh, the New Testament here in the books that he wrote, he talks about how he wanted to live for God and serve God and do what's right and all this. But at the same time, he knew that he had a flesh that was sold under sin that wanted to do his own will and wanted to live how it wanted to live. And it was those things his flesh would keep him from doing the things that he wanted to do in his life. So he had to acknowledge his service to his sin. We've got to understand that we're waging a war and we're fighting in a battle 
often against our bad habits and our besetting sins, oftentimes these saints, these battles are being fought uh, in, in the spiritual realm as well. Let me tell you something. If you don't think for one second, if you don't think for one second that whatever besetting sin you have or whatever bad habit that you got that is, that is a disgrace and a dishonor to the glory of God, if you don't think for one second that there's not uh, uh, some evil wickedness behind that, you're sadly mistaken. You're sadly mistaken. There's evil, wickedness, evil demons, all those things that are behind these things are a disgrace and a dishonor to God of you know, whatever bad habit it is and whatever besetting sin it is. See, this, this is what's happening. This is what's happening. I had a friend confide in me about a bad habit that he had. And his, I won't tell you who it is. You wouldn't know me even if I did tell you. Uh, but his bad habit was pornography. This was his, this was his thing. Pornography was this, was this hardest thing. He confided to me and he said, Pastor, he said, I need you to help me with this. Help me to overcome this. What's the problem? The problem is the computer in my home. I don't, it's, that's where it all takes place. So I told him, first thing you need to do, you need to pray about it. You need to pray, ask God to give you the victory. The second thing you need to do is after you get done praying, you need to take that computer out. Take that computer out of there. You have to get rid of the main problem. If that's, if, that's, if that's the thing that's causing the problem, you have to get rid of that main problem. Well, he said, I can't. It's not mine. You know, it's, uh, it's not my home. I can't, you know, I can't do this, okay? Well, then he needed to resort to other things. He, if he couldn't do that, then he needed to try to do something else. But you know the interesting thing is, is every time I try to tell him to do something, every time I tried to walk him away to get around that problem, the devil was always there to try to introduce another way. Oh, he may have said you couldn't do this. But, oh, look, if you'll come over here and do this, you can do, you can do it this way. The devil was always there trying to maneuver around every kind of tactic that we tried to, get, to relieve him of this problem that he had. And if you don't think for one second that the devil and the forces of darkness are not behind anything that dishonors God and is a disgrace to God and behind any besetting sin that you have in your life, you are sadly, sadly mistaken. Because right whenever, right before you go to commit that sin or right before you go to do that habit that is a disgrace to God, you're going you're gonna to be sitting there and you have this decision to make. You see it, you have this decision to make. Am I going to do it? Am I not going to do it? You know, the book of James talks about this and he says it's kind of like this. He says, we are enticed, we become enticed by our sins, and then whenever we sin, we end up, uh, we end up dying. And he was talking about how, uh, what, what it is, is you're sitting there, you see the sin, you become enticed. That word enticed there means to, uh, to be lured into. Think about fishing. Whenever you, anybody ever been fishing? I went fishing with my son Friday, we didn't do nothing, I didn't entice anything. But we went, but we went, to, we went fishing on Friday, I don't think there's a fish out there to entice. A whole lake, everything's dead, it's got to be. Ain't nothing alive but little snails. That's all that's in this lake. I know that's all that's there. And so, and I wouldn't, if somebody pulled a fish out of there, I'd swear that they got it from another lake somewhere. There's no way you got that fish in this lake. We went there and we fished. And it's just like this, man. You, you, you see and it crouches in just like this. And then you have a decision to make. You see it right there in front of you. You, you. you throw the lure out there. The lure's coming by that fish. That fish sees it. He sees it. And he stops. Now, this is not all the time. Now, let's pay attention. Sometimes they see it. And sometimes they just let it go on by and they don't do anything about it. But you know what happens? What the fisherman does? Pew. Throw it up. Fish don't do nothing. He sees it, but he don't do nothing. Pew. Throw it out there. He sees it, but he don't do nothing. Sometime, eventually, if I make it present enough and I offer it enough, he's going to get interested. And that's exactly what's going to happen. I'll just get him interested enough. He may not take it this time, but he'll take it next time. Sometimes, this is what happens. 
I've been fishing, and this hasn't. This is a very rare thing. But I've been fishing, and I've thrown it in, and about as soon as the bait hit the water, bam, there he was. Same thing that happens with sin and things in our life. Sometimes the devil, all he has to do is throw it out there at one time. Bam, you got it. He didn't have to present it long. He didn't have to present it long. Sometimes a fish will hit it just because they're aggravated for looking at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they see me coming up and they just <laughs> sit down there and laugh. I mean, I, I guarantee this got to be. I had the worst luck fishing. Worst luck whatsoever. I'm just saying it's like this. Is that the Bible tells us how these things are in our life. And the, and, and the devil's going to be sitting here right there at, your, at that decision. Right there at that moment. You have a decision to make. And that decision is right here. And, and the, one of the key things to avoiding the bad, to overcoming the bad habits and, and besetting sins in your life is fighting that battle right here. Because you have a decision to make right there at that moment. You have a decision to make. A decision. And that decision is going to come from here. And the devil is going to do everything he can to whisper sweet nothings into your ear. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. Man, your flesh is raging. Man, it wants to, it wants to go. The devil's like, go for it, boy! Do it! Do it! And the, flesh, and the Holy Spirit says, son, don't you do that. Don't you do that. Don't you do that. I love you. Don't you do that. Next thing you know, you made that decision. Whether it's good or bad. I don't know. But that's what takes place. And that's what happens. Acknowledge your sin. Acknowledge your sinner. Acknowledge your service to sin. Acknowledge your sin. All these things. Look at verse 23. Almost done, maybe. Verse 23. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. Oh, there it is. Praise the Lord. Look at that. He said it. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. And so Paul says, look, this is what happens. He says, I'm, uh, when I get frustrated, man, I'm fighting in my life. And he said, this battle is raging. And he says, and this besetting sin or this bad habit comes up in my life. And next thing you know, it is warring with my mind. And then the next thing you know, I give into it or I don't give into it. And that's what he's talking about there. And he says, but when I do, you know what happens? It brings me into captivity. It brings me into captivity. You ever had a... That's what our bad habits and besetting sins do. That's what our bad habits and besetting sins do. They bring us into captivity. He says, I fight this thing in my mind. And the next thing you know, I, I lose. And this thing has done rip, rip, wrapped his arms around me, wrapped his arms around me, and it's done pulled me. It's done chained me up here. And now I'm being held captive by this bad habit and this besetting sin in my life. He says, and that's what happens. That's what happens in my life. And then he goes on in that, in that next verse when he acknowledges that. When he acknowledges what happens in his life, look at what he says in verse 24. Oh, wretched man that I am. He acknowledged what kind of person that he was. He says, I am a, I am a wretched, wretched man because I allow myself to, to come into the grips of these things in my life. And so you say, well, pastor, so far... Um, so far, I've seen you know quite a few things, but uh, I need I need something else to to grab a hold of to assure me that I can overcome these bad habits and besetting sins in my life. I'm going to throw you a couple of things out. Throw you a couple of things out. You can write these verses down. There's several promises, and of course, there's a bunch of promises, but there's several promises that God gave us in His Word that I believe if you'll meditate over these things and uh, write these things down, and whenever that bad habit or that besetting sin comes upon you in your life. If you'll keep these things handy, if you'll keep these things handy, maybe you can write down a piece of paper. Write down a piece of paper. Put it in your pocket. Keep it with you. 
And then whenever something comes up, that urge comes up, that desire comes up, wherever it is, you pull that piece of paper out and you start reading it. And you start reading it. One of the things is, and I'll, this wasn't part of my message really, but I'll go ahead and throw this out. The Bible does tell us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, that, uh, that bad manners corrupts uh, good communication. In other words, uh, what he's saying is, sometimes when you are somewhere that you shouldn't be, sometimes it has such an influence on your life that it corrupts you. That's what he's trying to say. Sometimes to avoid the bad habits and besetting sins in your life, you have to watch where you go. Watch the people that you hang around with. First Corinthians fifteen thirty three. Man, uh, pay attention to these things. Man, if your bad habit, and your besetting sin, is what you commit when you're around this person or in your or when you're in that place, you don't need to be around that person, and you don't need to be around that place. And you say, oh, well, I love that person. Well, that's fine. Well, let that person understand that there's something you're trying to fight with right now, and it's not that you don't like them, but there's something that you're trying to deal with. Okay. And if they're your friend, they'll understand that. If they're your friend, they should understand that. So watch where you are, who you with. You know, a, a man that's uh, a, a drunk that's trying to overcome uh, uh, alcoholism, he, he, don't, he don't want to find himself trying to overcome his addiction being at a bar, would he? You say, well, that's a bad place for him to be. Yeah, that's exactly right. So don't go where this is taking place. If this is a problem for you, you know, be careful with who you, who you spend your time with, what you're around. First Corinthians 15.33. But I'm going to give you some promises real quick. I'm going to shoot these out real fast. First promise. Acknowledge the promises of God. That's, that's the next truth. We must acknowledge the promises of God. First promise is 1 Corinthians 10, 13, which says, There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation will also make a way, of a, a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. And you say, well, I'll tell you what, this temptation I'm fighting my life, this bad habit, this beset sin, this addiction, whatever it is, I tell you what, it's just got a hold of me, it's gripped me, I can't get out of it. Yes, you can. Because the Bible says, I'm the only one that's going through this. Ain't nobody else had it hard as me. Yes, you have. Yes, you, yes, they have. Because the Bible says there is no temptation taking you such as is common to man. It's a common thing. It's not something you're just dealing with. It's something that the person across the street is probably dealing with. It's not something that, that this, this individual is going through and, the, and, the, and that individual is going through and you're going through something far greater. No, it's not like that all the time. But the temptation is common to man. The temptation is common to man. But God also said that, look, in the midst of that, I'll provide for you a way to escape out of that. That's a promise. That's a promise that God said, look, when you're going through that time and that's in the, and you're bad, and you got that decision to make, when you're at that moment, He said, I'll provide you a way to escape. A way to escape. That is a promise from God that you can't have victory because He'll promise a way for you to escape and that He wouldn't put no more on you that you could bear. Okay? And so understand that. Second promise is 2 Corinthians 10, 4. The Bible says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. To the pulling down of strongholds. And so whatever stronghold it is in your life, God says, look, the weapons of your warfare are not carnal. You say, what does that mean? That means the, the weapons of our warfare, we're not fighting with, with guns and knives and swords. We're fighting with the Word of God. 
and with prayer. That's what that's our weapons are not carnal. They are mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. And what God is saying is, look, if you'll pray and be diligent about this, and you'll read the Word of God, and you'll use the Word of God, and you'll use you'll use you'll use prayer and all and these kinds of things against the strongholds in your life. You know what's going to happen? Those things are going to come down. Those things are going to come down. He says, man, prayer and the Word of God can bring the greatest strongholds down to the ground. And that's what he's saying there in that verse. Two more. Third promise, 1 John 4, 4. The Bible says, and this is just part of it, the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Whenever you're fighting a besetting sin or addiction, bad habit, whatever it is in your life, understand this, that God said that greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. That's why all things are possible unto you. Okay? Alright, last one. Philippians 4.13. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So God said, look, you can do anything. You can do anything through Christ. Who will do what? Give you the strength. See, the reason why, as I stated last week, the reason why we fail to prevail is because we do it in our own strength. We try to, we try to accomplish things in our own strength. We try to do things in our, in our, with our own weapons, so to speak. But God says, look, if you'll, if you'll come to me, you'll, you'll use the Word of God, you'll, man, you'll pray, and you'll, and you'll combat this spiritual battle that you're in with, with spiritual things, it'll pull down these strongholds in your life and the power will come through me. The power will come through me. And so just remember these promises. He said I can do all things through Christ. He didn't say I can do some things. He didn't say I can do a few things. He said I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Man, what a great thing that is we have from the Word of God this morning. Whatever it is you have in your life, remember Remember these, uh, remember these things that we have to acknowledge in our life and then remember these promises that God has given us in His Word. Stand if you would. Every head bowed and every eye closed.